0: final segment of the Tuesday show of Auburn Like It this morning, Lindsey Crosby, Lance Daw, and we are now joined by Dr. Bill Hutto and Dr. Jim Whitty with the Auburn University Airport. Guys, how are we doing?
1: Very well. How are you doing this morning, Lindsey?
0: I am, I am always excited to have you guys come in because I think every kid thinks that working in an airport and being a pilot and all that kind of stuff is the coolest job ever. So I'm always very excited to have you guys come in and just talk about what the airport's up to and kind of what's going on. Um, how is airport life these days?
1: Uh, it's doing is doing well. Um, you know, uh, and by the way, all those kids are right. Aviation is very cool to be in. <laughs> you know, you get that passion and that in your blood, it's hard to get out. So but but no, everything's going things are going very, very well. You know, we obviously uh, recovering from the COVID year and mm-hmm. as many businesses are and we consider ourselves a business as an auxiliary university paying, you know, its own way. And so uh,
0: but but we see a bright light ahead and some encouraging signs. Yeah. So as an airport that doesn't necessarily have public service but you can have planes come in and land and obviously the university uses you for travel, what kind of impact did COVID have on on your airport compared to a traditional or or a a a major carrier serviced airport?
1: That's a good question. You know, during the, during the pandemic, uh, you know, back, we think back a year ago, mm-hmm. you know, when this started in March, April, we got into May, uh, it, the commercial service airports were seeing significant drop off, obviously, for uh, their passenger services in, in uh, you know, t- 20 to 30 percent of what they were the prior year, 2019. Right. And so, obviously, that's a big financial impact on them. You know, some of the airlines were bleeding $50 million a day, and Ooh. so it was uh, – as a banker, you recognize how big a number that is. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh huh. But on the airport side, or on our side, you know, we're general aviation, and, and we live and die by fuel cells. Mm-hmm. And so, about mid-March, spring break through uh, June, when we were able to start flying again as a flight school limited basis, and we started seeing some corporate traffic really start to pick back up in July. We lost three or four months of, of real revenue in there, and that's a big hit to our bottom line while at the same time you're maintaining all your uh, other expenses with with salaries and benefits and and all those other things that go into that. So it was a difficult time. And the good news is, Lindsay, since then, Mm -hmm. our corporate traffic has really picked up and and it's come back stronger. As a matter of fact, um, uh, we're probably on on a day-to-day basis better than we were in 2019 with, with corporations flying in. So as the airlines were struggling, a lot of the business customers were moving toward corporations or net jets or other types of fractional owners. Uh, football season did hurt us, uh, you, you know, like, like other businesses in the community. Um, you know, we were not seeing the airplanes and fuel cells. As, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, LSU game this year we hosted wouldn't be a, normally 150 or more airplanes in. I think we had around 20 Ooh. and then sell one gallon of jet fuel wow so you think about uh, the impact so but but overall we we see positive signs on the horizon and we're, and we're grateful for that
0: yeah. and especially for football i mean we would expect those numbers to jump dramatically uh this season considering now that covid's kind of over people that normally maybe wouldn't want to make the trek you know they haven't seen a football game in so long it's like of course I would be inclined to you know take an airplane out and come to an Auburn football game for sure
1: absolutely absolutely I, we're, we're planning to see that and I know our businesses and restaurants and others in the community are doing the same absolutely and a lot of pin up demand and I think if you look around some of the sporting events now live my nine-year-old
0: son we're talking the other night said isn't it great to see live sports I went to a to a Braves game two weeks ago, sold out. It was a full house and it, it it was the first time that I've really kind of felt it was normal in twelve to fifteen months and I think that we'll see more of that kinda of like you said, that pin up demand. As a money guy I have to ask, when you see things like the cost of fuel drop dramatically, does that impact what you make off of fuel sales? Or is that sort of is it is the margin never really different depending on the cost of fuel? The margin is the same. Now what I may okay. have said was that the Price of fuel did drop, mm-hmm. uh, but the
1: biggest impact was the amount of gallons that we sold. Right. For volume. example, we were selling volume. We were selling January and February last year combined jet fuel and aviation fuel, lab gas, to 100 low lead, 48 to 50,000 gallons a month. Mm-hmm. April, I think it was around 7,400 gallons total. Wow. So, you think about that impact over three or four months, and what that does
0: to one 's bottom line <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you are you are probably more excited than anybody else that we have their traffic travel's coming back and it actually i think it 's a testament to Auburn and to what we 've done with the business community that um, you saw business travel pick up so quickly as far as private corporation travel trying to get employees to auburn, and you know i 'm sure part of it was. SIO2 played a big role in helping get vaccines and things like that, but just all the manufacturing and the diverse manufacturing base we have. Do you have colleagues at airports in similar situations to Auburn, uh, and have you heard from them about how they did compared to how we've done? Uh, it, it's mixed.
1: You know, it obviously depends on where they are. Right. Um, but we're in a growing, thriving community, and, and that is a testament to Lee County, the city of Auburn, the city of Opelika and their leadership. Uh, we value that partnership that we have, and and all ships rise with the tide, and it's been very and it's very helpful for that partnership. You know, as a matter of fact, on our letterhead we say an Auburn University, uh, uh, City of Auburn, Lee County, City of Opelika, Auburn University partnership. You know, so we we tout that and value that, and that is what's
0: helped us get through this as all of the team working together. We are joined by Dr. Bill Hutto and Dr. Jim Woody with the Auburn University Airport. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Auburn and this morning. Lindsay and Lance joined by Dr. Hutto and Dr. Whitty with the Auburn University Airport. And, Dr. Hutto, you mentioned the city is growing, the city is thriving. The board of trustees for Auburn University has actually proposed some improvements and expansions to the airport, haven't they? Or they've discussed them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple items actually on the agenda for Friday. And mm-hmm. uh, one of them is because of the, the, our growing aircraft, maintenance, uh, pardon me, aircraft flight fleet with 40 airplanes now. We need to expand our aircraft maintenance hangar. And so mm-hmm. we, we put in some money through a, a budget uh, to pay for that. And so that's on the agenda for their consideration on Friday mm-hmm. uh, so that we can get more airplanes in the hangar and hopefully turn them around and get them back out the door quickly. And then the second item is uh, another T-hanger, uh, which is, if you think about a T-hanger, it's kind of like a mini warehouse for mm-hmm. airplanes. There's one big building with different units in it. Right. And we have a 10-unit one proposed. Uh, we've gotten a, a half-a-million-dollar grant from the state of Alabama to help pay for that. It's 50-50 up to 500000 mm-hmm. And I'd like to thank uh, Joe Laverne and, and others at the state for their help and uh, Senator Watley and, and all that they do for us here. All of that makes a difference, and we're very grateful for that. Uh, but that's on, their, on, on the agenda for them to consider as well, and that will help meet some of the demand we have for
0: hangar space here in Auburn. Now, that hangar space, is it leased out to... Individuals and businesses, or is that for the university to use?
1: Uh, no, it would be leased out to individuals and in, in businesses. So it is a revenue source. It is it's a revenue here. source for the airport. That's right. We're we're trying to diversify and get more hangers and, and things out there, so we're not totally
0: relied on fuel sales. <laughs> yeah, you know, we have some diversified income coming in as well. The and, last year kind of showed you, you know, maybe it's, you know, make sure we have multiple income streams in case something happens. Amen. I mean, if they, can't, if they can't pay to buy gas to fly the planes, they can pay to store the plane, and there's still some money coming yeah, in. Exactly, exactly. Definitely makes sense. Well, over the summer, what's the, the airport working on now as far as um, summer projects, groups coming in, things like that?
1: Well, on the airport side, you know, we're starting to open back up as groups ready. We got our first request for... Uh, a tour group mm-hmm. to come in, and okay. so we, we do look forward to being able to host tours on campus. We do, you know, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, any of those youth groups, and we also, you know, school groups come in, and so we're looking forward to getting back on business there, but in Dr. Whitty's shop, you know, we're, we're getting back this
0: year to in-person summer aviation summer camps. So, Dr. Whitty, what do those camps look like, like, from the perspective of somebody who's taken the camp? What's the age group? What are they working on while they're there?
2: There, there's a variety of, of uh, attendees in these camps. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of them come out of the uh, elementary, middle school, uh, high school. There's no real uh, model for the kids in camp. Right. But uh, there's always a bunch of them. They run all around. No, that's not right. They, uh, <laughs> they, 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 they run on the runway. It's fine. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, they're, it's amazing how tuned in these kids are when they get here. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they are very, very curious. They have no hold back on questions. And uh, for instance, one of the things we're planning now in conjunction with the uh, uh, athletic department is to take a group into the stadium, put them on the field, and observe drone flying. Uh, now, we've had drones participate in athletic events before, mm-hmm. but this is still in the planning stage. But uh, we try to do that to this level. Uh, we'll also take kids on field trips. We'll get down to uh, Tuskegee, a uh, wonderful, historic airfield, and uh, take the kids down to discover things that they could live here all their lives and never know. So that's part of what these camps do. They're real discovery learning.
0: Is there a camp that uh, can accommodate a radio co host who thinks that aviation is the coolest thing in the world. I,
2: I think there's a way we could blend you into that and uh, we wouldn't even tell them you're there doing that. You just sort of fit right in. There that's you right. go. Yeah. Yes, I can totally blend in
0: with a bunch of high school and middle school kids. That's that's perfect. So if somebody's listening to this and they want to get involved in some of these camps, what's the best way to do that?
2: Actually, the best way to do that is you either call my office Uh, In which case, I'll answer the phone or the office of uh, Dr. James Birdsong. Uh, Birdie, as we affectionately refer to him, is the individual in charge of the summer camps. But his office is right next to mine. I have no problem referring your call to him. So I can be reached at 844-1905. Put the call in. We'll see what we can do to help
0: eight four four one nine zero five if you think your kid wants to go to a to a camp at the Auburn University Airport, learn more about aviation, learn more about some of the the aviation history of the area, the Tuskegee Airmen and things like that. Call Dr. witty again eight four four one nine zero five This yeah. is Lindsay uh, go ahead uh, as you say
1: you, you know and, and they also get exposed to aerospace engineering and, and all asset all aspects oh, yeah. of aviation just a Kind of a it's a lot of lot of depth, I mean, a lot of uh, breadth, but not a lot of depth. We take them flying in airplanes and just expose them to different parts of the aviation industry to see what might pique their interest.
0: Right, and I understand that the airport has a bunch of, of simulators and a bunch of training stuff for mostly for Southern Union and for Harvard University students, but it can kind of show them some of the career options that are available in aviation as well. Absolutely, okay. that's a big part of what we do.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we're fortunate in that uh, we actually have an Airbus simulator, and uh, this is a very, very highly technical uh, aircraft simulator. I think, uh, excuse me, the only one like it is over at Purdue, so we're nationally ranked in those terms. The the person in charge of our simulator is uh, Carl Thompson, Mm -hmm. and Carl has... uh, over 30 years flying with uh, Delta, Uh, extremely competent. And uh, our goal there is to bring people up to airline level upon graduation. Uh, We don't just train pilots here. We train uh, people who can enter the aviation industry, either in the cockpit or as aviation managers. Uh, It's it's an interesting market. much of our education is what I like to call entrepreneurial education. Mm-hmm. We're now working with Todd Shackett, uh, Darren Baldwin over at Southern Union. Love Todd Shackett. On, or, yeah, Todd Shackett, to uh, work on a uh, uh, an airframe power plant mechanics course of instruction. And ideally, we could have someone get their what we call the A&P license through Southern Union and move right into our uh, Aviation management course and uh, graduate with a ma- with a uh, baccalaureate. So these things are are pretty groundbreaking. They're uh, they're not found nationwide, but we're taking lead on them here.
0: Absolutely. We are joined by Dr. Bill Hutto and Dr. Jim Whitty with the Auburn University Airport. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to our final segment of the day on Auburn Up this morning. Lindsay and Lance joined by Dr. Hutto and Dr. Whitty with the Auburn University Airport and. You know, touching on the, the training programs that the, that the airport has, we were discussing over the break about the need for jobs in the, avi- in the aviation industry and how it's very much an aging industry. And you guys are producing graduates that, that can get jobs right as they come out or even before they even graduate.
2: This is absolutely correct. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have a, uh, a research assistant. She's getting her master's degree. She's also a, uh, a certified instructor. So she is training in our program as an instructor. And she just graduated, uh, what, last semester. Correct. So it's a ready-made kind of, of fix. Uh, our products, uh, airline pilots get all the press, that's all the splash and dash, put on a white you know, scarf and fly around. There's a lot of elements in the aviation industry that do not get that kind of visibility. Right. Cargo carriers, uh, uh, regional airlines, they are also hurting. The pilots that were in uh, uh, regional airlines have been moved into what we think of as the big leagues, so that's an instant path. So those positions need to be filled. Stopping uh, the minor leagues. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, uh, Cargo carriers, uh, good grief, uh, take, your job is to fly from Atlanta to, let's say, Beijing, China a couple of times a month. That is major, major flying, and our, our graduates are trained to fly at that level. So uh, it really, getting people placed has not been that big a problem. The, the other emphasis that uh, I have right now, or we have, is on gender and minority placements. Uh, Mm -hmm. This industry has traditionally been Mm -hmm. male-white-centered. The overall industry has about 3% female flying. Our flight school, our professional flight, we run about 15% female. And these people meet the same standards by FAA as anyone else. But Auburn University is making a difference on the face of aviation nationally. That's,
0: that's definitely a, a good thing as far as, you know, we're, we're trying to give folks opportunities who historically have not had them um, and just trying to, to give them as many highly skilled graduates as possible wherever we can pull them from. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dr. Hutto, I know that, that a lot of what the airport does is that training and you're working with both Southern Union and Auburn University What's that path look like if a student, like say a high school student right now who's listening, a rising senior, wants to get involved in aviation? What's the kind of the, the, the academic path look like for them to, to do stuff at the airport and eventually graduate with that aviation management degree or that pilot's license?
1: Yeah, well, they, they come into uh, Dr. Whitty's professional flight program, and mm-hmm. they can come with a private pilot's license. We're seeing more of those do that now where they mm-hmm. can, you can do that in high school. But They enter in a four-year degree program, and then they get their their ratings, their instrument rating, they get their multi-engine rating, the commercial rating, and and certified flight instructor. Most of our students will graduate with about 250 flying hours, and because of our program, you only need you need only need a thousand to get to the airlines. And so most of them, as Dr. Whitty was pointing out, with one of our her, his graduate assistant that. It takes them about another ten to twelve months on a normal schedule to be get to the thousand and then they're off to the airlines. So it's really a pretty quick progression. And then while they're in school with us they can get opportunities working at the airport or over in the Delta building at the flight school for as dispatchers. So there's opportunities for them to get their hands in and actually get some hands you know, working experience. But when these students come in, they're professional students. You know, it's kinda like nursing school and many of the others where you need to you need to be on your game. You know, when you take off in this airplane and you go up and fly around and you come to class prepared, they do flight block hours three times a week, two, two hours per block.
2: Also, our academic requirements are higher than most. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical, you require a 2.0 GPA, grade point average, to graduate from Auburn. Not in a flight program or in aviation management. Here you required a 2.7 GPA. So it's not just the idea of coming in and zooming around in an airplane. It's an idea of maintaining a much higher than normal academic standard.
0: Absolutely. Dr. Hutter, Dr. Whitty, thank you for your time. If folks want more information on some of these programs or on the airport itself, where can they go?
1: Well, uh, Woody, Dr. Whitty's given his number. Mine mm-hmm. is 844-4606, 844-4606. And uh, we'll be happy to connect and answer whatever questions come our way.
2: And, and there's also the uh, Auburn website, auburn.edu. Look for aviation on there. There's a, there's a wide variety of information available on that website. Thank you very much. Lance, good show?
1: Really good show. A lot of fun. Let's do it again tomorrow.
0: I think we should. This has been another episode of Auburn and a This Morning. I'm Lindsey Crosby, and you can take that to the bank.